Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. My co-host today is Nathan. Hello and thanks for having me. Today's topic, Wednesday, the new Tim Burton show that's a reimagining of the Adams Family. Created by Alfred Goh and Miles Miller, it stars Jenna Ortega as the title character, with Catherine Zeta-Jones, Louise Guzman, Isaac Ordonez, Gwendolyn Christie, Ricky Lindholm, Jamie McShane, Fred Armisen and Christina Ricci appearing in supporting roles. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. I knew that you would be the person that we're bringing on the show to talk Wednesday, knowing how big of an Adams Family fan you are. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that um, this has been hotly anticipated, not just by myself, but by many, many people. So um, the fact that we're recording it is timely. We have done both films together, haven't we? Correct. I thought we did. Adams Family 91. No, that was 1990 and Adams Family Values 92. Did we do the CGI ones? That film, Stu, we covered the first one. We haven't covered the second one. Maybe you and I could get to it at some point. I mean, I have seen that one a couple of times at this stage, but that is more of a kids' movie. This is more of a teen movie or teen TV series, should I say, but we will we'll get into all of that. Yeah, you're right. Much has been made about it. Burton was previously associated with two Adams Family-related projects, the 91 film, or was it 91? I can't remember now. Was, I'm pretty it sure like, it was... Values, values was 90, 92, 93, so it would have been about 90 or 91. I think you're right. Right, okay. I'm, yeah, I was... Okay, yep. <laughs> let's let's just press on. So back mm. then, Burton was associated with that first mm. live-action film. He was, yeah, he was hovering around the franchise. He was attached. There was talk of him. Uh, but for whatever reason, he pulled out and Barry Sonnefeld was tapped to direct. He got the job. That's right. He was also working on a stop-motion animated film which was cancelled. But in October 2020, it was reported he was to helm a TV series, which was later given a series order by Netflix. The show received positive reviews from critics who praised Ortega's performance. And within two weeks, it became the third most watched English language Netflix series. So we're still waiting on word of a second season, but this Mm -hmm. show so far is showing no signs of slowing down. It's actually broken records. Uh, Netflix have just come out recently and said it's blown the ratings for and and the viewership for Stranger Things out of the water. Yeah, I did hear that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's huge. I mean, Stranger Things, mm. it's been growing its fan base for mm. for years. And, you know, and, and it's insanely popular too. Yeah, but like Adam's family, I know that it is it's a name brand. But do you know how long it's been since we've had Live action Adams Family, nineteen ninety eight. Well, ninety eight. It was the new Adams Family. I never saw that. Me neither. But since yeah. that and this, twenty four years. That's the gap. Mm. And of That's course, incredible. you know, we mentioned the animated movies that we've had. But just talking live action, 
it's been 24 years. Strictly live action, yeah. I, for one, am just overjoyed that Burton finally found his way to the franchise. I mean, I know we're going to talk about it later on in the episode. It's bound to be a talking point, but we may as well just address the elephant in the room right now. His DNA has been over this, all over this franchise for a long time. It's great to see him finally, you know, um, get the green light to do it and, and, and to be freed up to do it and agree to do it. I mean, it looks very Tim Burton, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, the, you've got the character who he's drawing what he sees where is he, when he when he dreams and he, and he, anyway his artwork i mean i've not read this anywhere but that has to be tim burton's own art i mean it looks yeah. just like his art style doesn't it yeah absolutely um he, he's always bought that gothic sensibility to whatever projects he's tackled um even when it hasn't been his own creative stuff even when it's just been uh, as, a, as a hired gun for a studio to come in and, and direct a franchise or executive produce or whatever. He's always bought that gothic sensibility. And it's so great to see him being taken off a leash here and allow allow that fertile imagination of his to really um, to really blossom and really bring that gothic sensibility forward into what is already a well-known gothic franchise. You know, I've got to be honest, like hearing his name and that he was directing, I kind of thought, I mean, Altogether, there is eight episodes. So it's a fairly mm. short season. But, you know, it, it's got a story to tell. And, you know, we've seen all eight episodes. And that is enough time to tell that particular story. But I just Dense. thought I just thought Burton would have been directing all eight. No, apparently not. Apparently he, he directed a handful of them. And it was, um, I forget the name of the, the person who co-directed. Who did well, the, he, the rest of them? So Burton directed four, mm. and he also serves as a executive producer. Two yeah. episodes were directed by James Marshall. Mm. He's a TV producer and director, best known for his work on the series Smallville, Dead Like Me, and The OC. And the other two episodes were directed by Ganja Monterio. She's currently directing two episodes of the third season of The Witcher for Netflix, which, of course, stars Henry Cavill. Might add in his final season before he leaves that show. But there you go. So altogether, there was three directors. But as you say, Tim Burton is across all of it. Well, the program creators. So, you know, we're talking about Tim Burton a lot. Before Tim Burton, you've got to go to Miles Miller and Alfred Go. They're the guys that created the show. I mean, of course, based yeah. on the Adams family, but John Burton Adams. is there. But we've got to give these guys some praise. And I'm sure you recognize them as the creators of the Superman prequel series, Smallville, back in 2001. Right. So Which that's. Um, oh, mate, I. I love it. And it gets interesting because, see, yes, that's their connection to Superman. Tim Burton was for a time attached to direct Superman Lives for Warner Brothers with Nicolas Cage set to star as the Man of Steel. That's right. But the project eventually was shut down for budget reasons. Mm -hmm. A lot of the money, as well as the concept of a giant spider in its third act, were carried over to the production of Wild Wild West in 1999. I remember reading about that. Barry Sonnenfeld, who yeah. had directed The Adams Family, 
and its sequel, Adam's Family Values. Funny, I know it's this. All because, connected. I know all this because Kevin Smith actually detailed that exact what you just said. Kevin Smith detailed that in one of his books that I read. And, and um, there is a documentary. There is a feature-length documentary film all about right. Superman Lives and why it didn't yep. get made. I can clarify before we move on. The Adams Family, 1991. Its sequel, Adams Family Values, 1993. There you go. There you go. You heard I knew I had it. First. I knew I had it written down here somewhere. Mm. I mean, is there a better place to start than Wednesday Adams, Jenna mm. Ortega? I mean, hasn't she just? Man, oh, hasn't she just stolen the show? She's absolutely. Just blown off. Yeah, and do you know what? I've seen her in a few things. Like she was in the latest Scream movie. She was in mm. the horror movie X and she's popping up in like various other things. But where I first, well, where I first thought I saw her was the episode. Oh, it's a TV series stuck in the middle. Came out in 2016. It's a Disney channel kid show. And my two kids were watching it. And interestingly in the pilot episode for that show, her character, Harley, complained about being the Wednesday of her family. Huh. All Very these hilarious. years later. But yes, yeah, so that's where I thought I first noticed her. But in actual fact, and you've seen her as well, she was in Iron Man 3. She was playing the daughter who needed, ah, oh, it was it the extremist, but she was the daughter that was being held ransom. And it's it was driving the plot. You had the president and doing something he didn't want to do. Right. All of that storyline. Okay. Well, she wow. was the young girl. So she, and there that was back in 2013. Oh, wow. I'll be honest with you. I'd not heard of her prior, prior to, the, to, to the show. I, she was a relative unknown for me. And, um, but uh, she owns the role, man. She makes it hers and she's incredible. She's great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, One more thing on her and the connection she has to previous mm. comic book adaptions in 2015 yep. for Netflix. She is in the live-action Richie Rich TV series. Oh, and if you're going to look, let's let's connect things even further. So she's the mm. new Wednesday Adams, starring in a show that was adapted from a Harvey Comics series, Richie Rich. The original Wednesday Adams, Christina Ricci, who is also in this series, also starred in an adaption of a Harvey Comics character, Casper. The movie. I actually in the 90s. That's funny. I actually just recently watched um the Casper movie recently, not long ago, a couple months ago. So it's funny you should bring that up and, and, and Harvey Comics as well. Because I remembered that Casper and Richie Rich are both Harvey Comics properties. It still can say it still holds up that Casper movie, but there's that really freaky scene where Casper the ghost yeah. he whispers in a way she's sleeping. Is it can I keep you? Oh, it's creepy. It's really creepy. It's like, get away, ghost boy. <laughs> Christina Ricky, man, and she was the original Wednesday. So there you go. Well, back to Ortega and this TV show. Mm. Not only did she learn to play the cello, she took fencing, archery, canoeing, German, and boxing lessons, all to prep for the role. Oh, man. And it shows. <laughs> she does all those things in the show, so she smashed it out. Yeah, it's oh man, she you you're right. She is absolutely fantastic in this. I think what's great about her, I think what the best the best thing about her as an actress, uh, and the best thing about her approach to the role is her subtlety. Like she 
is deadpan enough uh, and and sort of morose and morbid enough um, to be Wednesday, as we all know Wednesday to be, but she gives just enough uh, emotional um, display in her face to let you know what she's thinking. She never really, you know, pours it on with her emotions because um, Wednesday has never been overly emotional, but you just see an inkling of emotion in her face just so you know what she's feeling or what she's thinking. She, she shows you, gives you just enough. I've seen a handful of screenshots where she's not fully smiling, but there's like a smirk there. Yeah, and, there's the inkling or the beginning of a smile there. And if you think about it, I'm going to say myself included, like my main exposure to the Adams family, other than those recent uh, CGI movies, is those two 90s films. Yeah, Growing absolutely. up, I did see the John Astin black and white series, but yeah. not to the point where I remember it as being my Adams family. So as I was watching yeah. this show, and other people might have had the same experience, Wednesday was doing or saying certain things, and I was thinking, hang on a minute, that's not Wednesday Adams. But I can't really say, because I've not I read admit, the though. comics, and I've yeah. only really got Christina Ricci to base it on. And, I mean, Uncle Fest no. was the main and, character and, and in those you, movies. Yeah, you'd be the same as a generation of people out there, as you just said. I mean, the Wednesday that was in the the 64 show with Aston and Carolyn Jones, she was a little girl. Um, and she was cool. You know, she bopped out and danced along with Lurch and stuff like that. But she didn't, she wasn't, she was only a little girl. Whereas like uh, Christina Ricci, when she was playing her in the nineties, played her a little older, like sort of preteen, getting into her teenage years almost. So that gave her the sort of brooding um, gothic kind of vibe, uh, very emotionless, um, and very deadpan delivery, and that's what Ortega is trying to channel, I think. But putting her own, but also putting her own spin on it. Oh, mate, she absolutely like made it her own. Like, I thought she mm. she was really good, and and you know she's always looked young for her age. So I don't know how old she is, but she obviously she's playing a character younger. I think Wednesday mm. in the show is supposed to be sixteen. Pretty sure that's, yeah. and she pulls it off. Like she absolutely Please. pulls it off. She plays dual roles. I think she even plays the descendant um, of her in the show as well. You know her descendant, um, <laughs> mate. It, it's just—it's clearly the actress of blonde hair. We can take, we don't need to try yeah, and speculate. We yeah. know that's what she did. It's her. It's her with a wig, but yeah, is, she yeah. plays a couple of roles. Yeah, yeah, she does. Cool. Yeah, nice. um, Gwendolyn Christie as Larissa Weems, the principal at Nevermore Academy, and a former mm. student who was roommates with Morticia Adams, because there's a lot going on there with. Mm. her mum when she was at the school what's happening today is it related to what happened years ago that's all very interesting you may know this but i didn't miss weems was the name of the family babysitter in the charles adams comics okay obviously this is a different use of the character but no i not even i knew that that's a very obscure um obscure tribute trivia there i didn't know that I'm sure you noticed this. The creators got a lot of mileage out of the height difference between Principal Weems. Oh, Christy yeah. is six foot three. Six, six three, she, six three, yeah. She's yeah, she's six lady. three. Very, very tall. Um, mm. And comparing her to everyone else, especially Wednesday. And again, Ortega, she's pretty short, but you stand mm. next to Christy and she's even shorter. So oh, Weems, sure, sure. I thought that was brilliant. I thought that was great. I loved some Absolutely, of the shots yeah. that you see. Yeah. Some of the shots she you towers, see. 
She towers yeah. over the rest of the cast and is often filmed from a low angle to accentuate her height. So there mm. you go. Yeah, she's yeah, she towers over everybody. I mean, we later find out that she's a shapeshifter, but until that point, mm. you're like, so what's her thing? Is she just tall? Because that's yeah. the thing with Nevermore Academy. Like, there's mm. there's a guy who's got Medusa snakes. Yeah, for him. We found out she is a shapeshifter. You know, I honestly thought he killed himself. You know, he's in the shower and somebody pulled yeah. the towel down from the mirror. That's right. Yeah, and he freezes. Yeah. Yeah. So he obviously worn off. Stone. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of... that was fun. Mm. No, she was she was good. She um she was great in the role, and I think she came out recently as saying that that was the first time she'd actually felt um beautiful or pretty or attractive or whatever you want to say on screen. She never felt confident in herself or never felt that she was portrayed attractively on screen. And and she said that um that show Wednesday was the first time she had felt that she looked good and, and, and attractive on screen. Yeah, she said she loves or loved the the glamorous look of the character. Because mm. ordinarily like she, I've not seen Game of Thrones, but I know she was in it. She was some sort of warrior. Mm. She was Captain Phasma in the Star Wars trilogy oh, film. Oh, wow, she was Phasma. She was Phasma. Wow. I didn't know that. I did not know that. But for a lot of the time, like, wearing the armor and the helmet, but there's times where you saw her without it. But, yeah, completely different to what she's getting to do yeah. getting to do here. Yeah, no, she, she did a good job. She was, yeah, no complaints. She really did a great job in that role. Ricky Lindholm as Dr. Valerie Kinbot, Wednesday's therapist. When the mm. show, because the whole thing that we're, we're trying to find out, who's controlling the hides? Mm. Who is the hide? Who's controlling the hide? And the show kept trying to tell us or make us think that it was Kinbot, and you're like, get away. It's absolutely... Yeah. But do you know what? I'm sure you were the same, and I'm sure many people were the same. Christina Ricci, before she was even cast on the show, people were like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if she was Morticia Adams? That would be a cool bit of casting, wouldn't it? Obviously, they went with Zeta Jones, and it works for the show. But mm. when Christina Ricci was in it, and she's got her glasses, and she's kind of like off to the side a lot of the time, and you're watching it, and you're like, it's her. She's controlling mm. the hide. Mm. <laughs> she's absolutely doing it. And the show's that like, was... hey, maybe it's Kinbot. And you're like, nope. Absolutely yeah. isn't. They're, they're obviously they were trying to run a bit of misdirection and throw viewers off. I, yeah, I, don't I know mean, if it, it's, it led to a cool showdown of the old yeah. and new Wednesday. I mean, that was cool to yeah. see, but it was I kind it was of a, thought all along. It was a cool twist, was it? Mm. We knew mm. it was obvious. Mm. It was obvious, very much so. Until... I mean, it was her. It was her behavior. It was her demeanor. All of um, it. Every... That's what I mean. Yeah, all of it. She's. You know, if she had a mustache, she would have been twirling it. She was obviously, <laughs> obviously the villain. That was good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I did read that. Like, before she was cast, there was a Thora Birch. I believe, was it Thora Birch? I'm pretty sure it was. Like, she was to be in it, but for whatever reasons, she left the show and when Reacher came on board, it wasn't necessarily playing that character, but they reworked the character. And maybe that played into why it was a bit heavy-handed because yeah. they it wasn't the original reveal that they planned when they were first mm. putting it together. So it was deliberately more Machiavellian. 
Yeah, I'm trying to see it in my notes. I'll probably come across it later on. Yes, it was. Uh, so Christina Ricci replaced Thora Birch. Several scenes had to be reshot. And that's why when it says online, if you pay close attention during the first few episodes, it can be seen that Ricci acted in front of a green screen. None of her shots feature any of the characters. Oh, wow. Only okay. seen from behind and are static shots without movements. Wow. So she had no uh, interaction with her, with her castmates. In the early episodes. Because, oh, yeah, again, so like, Thora Birch was in the show. And they didn't right, just have so... Ricci play her character. They reworked the character, oh, yeah. which could potentially have drastically changed the oh, ending. So they had to kind of like change scenes. it. Change it on the fly. So there you go. Yeah, and they reshot the scenes. Wow. So anyway, Kimbot. Yeah, she was a fine character. <laughs> Let's go back Good to job. Kimbot. Um, yeah. Jerry McShane as Donovan Galpin, Jericho's sheriff and former deputy who is suspicious of Nevermore Academy and Wednesday specifically. Hmm. It is a bit weird where it's like he's he's the sheriff and then Wednesday's just marching into into his office demanding yeah. evidence, clothes. And... She's, a, she's acting like a like a forensic you know investigator or detective, and she's just like dumping files on his desk and plant dumping evidence on his desk, and it's like he's just like this half-assed sheriff who's not doing his job, and she's basically doing it for him. Yeah, it gets very. Veronica Mars mixed with a little bit of Harry Potter, a little bit mm. of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Yeah, it's, it's funny you should say those things because that's the vibe I, I got uh, straight away off the bat immediately within the first couple of episodes. I'm like, well, isn't Nevermore basically just like um, Hogwarts, um, you know, or, you know, Sabrina's situation with her school? It just feels like that. It's Someone described it online as Riverdale for kids, for, for goths. And I thought that's a pretty good description, but you know I can't poo-poo it because I love the franchise. Yeah, I mean this this is a show that my wife hasn't watched, and you know I sat down as a man in his late thirties and watched by myself, and you I guess watched it with your girlfriend or by yourself, but either or, mm. guy in his fifties. So I'm late thirties, you're in the no, fifties, <laughs> forties, you're in the early forties. Early 40s, I turned Early 40s. last week, last week. Yeah, but the point I'm trying to make, though, we're watching <laughs> a show where the central character is 16 years of age. And yeah. my wife happened to walk in during the school dance scene, which, you know, is good for various reasons. You know, the dance that Ortega came up with herself and all of that. Which has since blown up online. Everyone's oh, it has, but we don't need to get into that. I think, it's viral. I think, yeah, yeah. I think enough time has been spent on that she as an actress yeah. she was doing what was being asked of her and anyway but we're what so you and i are watching the show and it's a high school dance and there's times where i did feel like i was watching a kid show and i say kid yeah. loosely teen like a teen show mm. and just having wednesday storm into the sheriff's office and make those demands and you're like oh we are really seeing the world through our eyes see yeah, so again, it is it is a team a team show, and it's not trying to be anything else yeah. other than that. You know, when we first see Gomez and Morticia Adams, 
I was like, because you're right what you've said, and and I agree, the casting of Ortega as Wednesday is absolutely fantastic. And we knew the casting going in, but still it took me a little while to get my head around Luis Guzman as Gomez Adams, who, to be fair, he does share a resemblance to those original Charles Adams drawings of Gomez. Everybody is used to the dashing... John Astin, the dashing mm. Raul, Raul Julia. Julia. Yeah. That's it. So that's who people tend to think of. That's not what we're getting here. No. No. But, yeah. And yeah. you know, and I know him. He's in everything. He's an actor that turns up in so many things. So it's like, okay, so now I need to shut my brain off to that. All the various mm. parts we've seen him in over the years. Yeah. And have him as Gomez and Catherine Zeta Jones as Morticia. And they did win me over. They did win me over. And it's one of those things where the odds were stacked against them to begin with because of what I've just said. People associate yeah. those other actors and, yeah. and what we've got like They've years been ago. So, so heavily typecast or so, so brilliantly portrayed by um, actors in the past that it just it feels really strange to see new actors in those roles and, and try and for them to try their hand at making them their own. It's so jarring too. I think you're exactly right. You were spot on. Um, Guzman looks like Adams' original sketches. And I think that's the point. The original Gomez is not an attractive man. He was very squat, very diminutive, very unattractive, somewhat seedy too. But he's, you know, like he's a caring family man. He loves his family. Um, and as does Morticia, they, their parents who love their, their kids. But what it wasn't so much the casting of the show that I found jarring in the initial scenes of them in the first episode or two. To me, it was the family dynamic. It felt off. I just felt like the, the family dynamic of the Adams family in that first ep- pilot episode just felt off. It didn't feel right. And it took me a while to warm to them in the roles, uh, and, which I later did as, as the series progressed. But that family dynamic initially straight yeah. away threw me right up. That's, that's, that's a good them. point. Yeah, no, it's a good point, but yeah, it, it it clicked more, didn't it, later on in that later episode when they were at Nevermore Academy with Wednesday. Yeah. And that whole thing, Gomez accused of murder all those years ago and then mm. is arrested. Mm. It was it was interesting. And, that's right. See, so that ran Tish. true. That absolutely yeah. ran true. It, yeah. it does. It works. Um, mm. It's probably of no surprise that Guzman is the oldest actor to play Gomez. He mm. is in his mid-60s, 66. And oh, okay. Morticia, uh, so Gaffin Zeta-Jones, um, she is early 50s. She was good. She she was great as Morticia. I mean, she certainly didn't do anything wrong in the role. She looks, she looks the part. And... Um, she carries herself a little differently, I think. Um, we're used to seeing Angelica Houston and, and obviously um, the late um, Carolyn Jones as Morticia, and they portrayed her in a different light. So Zeta Jones is doing her own thing with it, and I guess you've got to respect it, but she's definitely... Yes, and it, it did it did work. The reason why I was bringing up the, the ages there, not to be crude, like actors mm. don't often like their um, no. ages talked about, Yeah, but it, it makes sense. I mean, this is mm. Wednesday older than she's ever been portrayed before. So it makes and sense actually, that yeah, her parents, her parents would be age as well. Yeah. That's it. You mentioned right. Lurch earlier. So we are getting the Adams family in the show. I mean, Thing is prominent, but Lurch yeah. is in it. And 
Hopefully. Yeah. I, I mean, there's no doors for him to open and you're not getting the, you wrong. <laughs> you know, he's not getting to do all of that. You do see him blow some stuff up in a lake later on in this, in, 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 in an yeah. episode, which is which is true to form for Pugsley. He loves demolitions and stuff. That's just going as. So you're seeing a bit of that. But I know what you mean. It's, it's, it's more a show about Wednesday and her adventures away from the family. So you're not going to yeah, see. I'm still, I'm still glad that you did, you did get to see him, though. Like he yeah. is six six, which makes wow. him the shortest actor to play Lurch. He had to have lifts in his shoes to make him appear taller. Yeah, because a previous actors, Ted Cassidy and Carl Strucken, Strucken, how do you pronounce it? They were taller. And this is George uh, Bircher. I think that's how you pronounce mm. his surname. He's Romanian, so I guess. <laughs> He didn't have to travel too far if they mm. if they shot the whole series in Romania, so he didn't have to go well, too far. There you go. That was handy for him. Local, living local. You know, I was reading up on thing. Mm-hmm. Looks a bit different. Like normally, yes, it's a decapitated hand, but it it's just looks like hand. a hand. Yeah, yeah but oh, we're yeah. getting we're getting stitches. Like it's it's yeah. Uh, yeah. it's thing it's- with more of an edge. I like that he's he's played as more of a spy. He's he's kind of like Wednesday's muscle. I like that he's he's a spy. He's the muscle. He's her, you know, like her sort of confidant, uh, like the spy on campus. I like that. Playing thing is Victor Dorobantu, mm. who is a magician. And funny oh, enough, well, there you go. Christopher Hart, also a magician, played the thing in the nineties Adams Family films. So there you go. There you that's go. Uh, I guess that's the thing that helps you helps you get the part. Oh, that's it. It's yeah, what, what I read that I didn't know. So thing is said to be a sentient disembodied hand and a relative of Wednesday. Have there you heard you that go. before? That is a relative. I didn't. I no, thought. I, I mean, I guess I, I didn't really not. think about. It. I thought it was just a hand. I knew he was. Thing. Yeah, I knew he was a sentient disembodied hand, but I didn't know he was. Well, we all know that, but yeah, exactly. But I didn't know that he was a a descendant of Wednesday. That's interesting. Mm, Or relative, should I say? Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, I mean, it's to peel back the 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 curtain a bit. I have seen the behind the scenes photos of of the 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 guy Victor, the magician you just mentioned, um, doing the 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 mocap for him behind the scenes wearing a full body suit. So I've seen those, which spoils the illusion a bit. But (laughs) I know, but but still, yeah, but still, it's cool for the purposes of the show when you watch it. We knew it wasn't real, so that's okay. It always it's fun though to see how they did those things. Um, I, I like that. Pugsley Adams. Wednesday's younger brother, played by Isaac mm. Ordonez. What I would say, he's not as round. Like normally, Pugsley no. has got more weight on him, but... More, more, more rotund. He, yes. But he's always eating. Whenever we see him, so this time, the character mm. is always eating in the show. We need to talk mm. about more about Nevermore Academy and the students that go there. Because mm. Wednesday, although she tries very hard not to, actually... Makes a friend. Yeah. Enid. Enid, the werewolf that can't change. All she can do is raise the claws. Yeah, Yeah, that's it. Until she does. Until Mm. she does. When she's protecting Wednesday against the hide, which is really cool. I mean, the human in the coffee shop, son of the sheriff, 
Mm. And she's been warned by kids at Nevermore Academy, stay away from him. She chooses not to. Surprise, surprise. Mm. He's the hide. Yeah. Didn't see that coming. <laughs> oh, exactly. I mean, it's it's not subtle, the show, is it? I mean, no, it no. is it's a mystery. Like, you know, it's no, gotta no. keep you keep you guessing. I mean, yeah, of course, I'm talking this... I'm talking about Hunter okay. Duhan as Tyler Galpin, the barista. Mm. Hey, what did you think of um Fred Armisen as Festa? Oh, you know. He was he was the one that I was concerned about going in, and it's not anything to do with Fred Armisen. It's just like Fester is such a big ca- character from mm. Adam's family. And I was talking he was... before about Louis Guzman. You know, all the times he's popped up over the years. Fred Armisen, like he is everywhere. If it's a comedy, there's a good chance he'll pop up. He's very much a chameleon. He can play anything and anyone. But always looks and sounds the same. Although he was mm. bald this time. Completely shaved mm. his head. He probably could have got yeah. away with a bald cap. He was just one episode. Yeah. But he did commit and shaved his head. But, I mean, you're saying he's a chameleon. <laughs> he's got such a distinctive face and voice. So he's always yeah, but I know, but he can just, recognizable. He can just blend into any show, you know. like um, he, He's just one of those actors, who character actors, who can just be serviceable in whatever role you what you care to cast him in and i think here as festa he's giving us something familiar and different at once it's like he's trying to channel jackie coogan the original festa from the 64 show and he does with the voice um it's not as lispy as the animated voice that uh we got in the recent animated films um it's a little more clean but it has a bit of the the crackle and pop of coogan um but he's doing his own thing with the role as well, which I think is cool. Yeah, we well, yeah, I mean, we clearly had two different experiences with him in the role. Mm. To me, it was Fred Armisen, bald. But I'm, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't dislike him in it. It was just yeah. he just looked and sounded like Fred Armisen to me. Yeah, okay, that's fair. That's fair. It's I mean, very likely. It's very likely that we're gonna get a second season. And no doubt he, oh, yeah. he will yeah. come back. And I would be more yeah. than happy to spend more time with him as Vesta. But just in the limited time that we got with him, it's like, yeah. oh, look, it's Fred Armisen. It's Fred Armisen, but he's bald, yeah. No, I, I get yeah. what you're saying. I totally know where you're coming from. I, I think it's just a matter of him needing to flesh out his character more. It's a matter of him needing to own the role more and make it his more. I know what you mean. So going yeah. back to Tim Burton, I'm like, wow, look, Tim Burton is going to be directing this whole yeah. season of television. Finally. And yeah. he did four out of eight. And it's like, whoa, Danny Elfman is composing this show. Settle down. Elfman did the theme. Maybe he contributed to something else. But Chris Bacon, he was the composer on the show. So I just oh, wow. feel like when they talked about this, Tim Burton, Danny Elfman, Elfman Wednesday, yeah. Netflix. You're like, wow. Yeah, and you, everyone's like, holy crap, I'm all in. You know, sign and me then, up, I'm in. Like Netflix under the breath, they're like whispering to other directors. They're whispering, and Chris Bacon, composer. <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of funny though. I mean, like, you, you're exactly right. You, you, you nail on the head. You know, um, those two names alone should uh, attach to the Adams family. We should just get you committed straight away like you're like he's in you're all in like you sign me up I'm, I'm ready to watch this and then like you say you find out it's a different composer and it's not so much burton directing all the episodes he's just doing a handful a clutch of them and elfman does the theme and it's really awesome because and it's 
trademark Elfman. It's like textbook Elfman. Um, because those two are a hand go hand in hand. Burton and Elfman go hand in hand. Um, just like Burton and Depp go hand in hand. But yeah. um yeah, but then you're you feel kind of cheated. I did feel a little cheated, to be honest. Well, I there. felt even more cheated because yeah, Elfman he does the theme. Mm. But it's only the first and last episode that we get the full opening credits. All other episodes simply feature the title and episode name on screen. Mm. So there is that element of feeling um, cheated by that. Because I remember um, like watching the first episode, you got the opening and I purposely yeah, didn't it skip brilliant. it and watch it. Like, great. And then I forgot about it. And it wasn't until episode eight and you got it again. I thought, oh, yeah. I didn't realize that I was really missing that. I think the reason why is because Netflix does that thing where like to keep you binging and to keep you watching, as soon as one episode ends, they don't give you the chance to stop or, or, or see the intro to the next episode. It's just bang straight into the next one. But normally though, you do get skip intro. You do get to use that skip intro button. So even if you're going into the next episode. Yeah. But anyway, it wasn't until episode eight. I'm like, oh, wow, I forgot. It it's really it. yeah. cool opening and it's Elfman. Um, oh, it's, just, it is cool. They're frequent collaborators, and they've collaborated numerous times, as we all know, over the years. Uh, as has the aforementioned Depp, um, who was strangely a glaring omission in this show. Um, yeah. Well, I think he's. I think there's like he's got his own reasons for not doing too much at the moment. Yeah, he's got his hands full. You know, I was generally surprised not to get at any point the Adams Family theme. The closest. Mm. The closest we got to it, the code to the entrance of the secret Nightshade Society is a double snap. The same type of snap that was used in the original theme song and movies. They don't give it us. I know it was was a good reference. reference. It was. And and is it enough? I just don't know. I can't decide. I think um, they obviously don't want the thing to be too camp and or they're afraid that incorporating the original theme might make it too camp but it is nice that they give a little shout out it is it is i just i, I don't know if it's enough for me personally but it it is it's a nice reference to it and i get it mm. that it's not an adam's family show it's a wednesday no. adam show but that's it we do get the adam's family so anyway yeah. we, we don't get it maybe we'll get it at a later date i mean again like this show is a juggernaut hugely popular oh yeah yeah um maybe dude it's absolutely slaying. it is but maybe future seasons two three whatever it might get to they might feel comfortable to think do you know what let's use the thing yeah. not as not as the title music but just at some point but we'll have to just as a nice little kind of um sort of nod and a wink yeah i know what you mean we'll just have to I wait think... and see I think it's clearly going to, I mean, they've already, they would have already, already greenlit a season two and probably season three based on the popularity of it, of the first show, of the first season. They they would have clearly done that. I mean, it's funny because I was talking to a friend about this uh, the other day. We were texting and uh, she was saying, um, you know, um, they had to obviously film the first season independently, then wait to see what reception would be like before deciding whether to green light a season two or three. And um, which is an old way of doing things, I guess, because I'm so used to these days 
when a series is ordered, usually they film it in bulk and they usually get a season or two's worth of footage in the can and then they can pump out you know the seasons quicker to get you binging more. But it's great to see what Netflix have decided with this to to do it the old school way and just sort of really test it with audiences to engage the reception. And rightly so. I mean, look at look at the the response it's had. So that there's your proof of the pudding right there. And and right away they've just gone, yep, this has had the the impact we've wanted it to. Uh, the ratings are phenomenal. The viewership's right up through the roof. Uh, we, we can safely green light the season two and possibly three. Yeah, I mean, they, they're able to make a decision sooner, aren't they? Because ordinarily, like if you're looking at the traditional release schedule, you've mm. got this season across eight weeks if it was on mm. network TV. And maybe midway, they'd have chucked in a mid-season break. So it could have yeah. been pushed out even longer. So what could have been mm. two plus months, mm. first weekend, like Netflix has seen the numbers. So it is um, a different way of doing it for sure. Yeah. I will say this though. You mentioned that it's only eight episodes in length, the season, and, and it, it, it is, but it's a dense watch. It feel even though it's only eight episodes, it's quite a dense watch by a season's end. You feel like you've watched more than eight, eight episodes. Well, that's because you're getting the flashbacks. Flashbacks always yeah. padded out. It's like going back to like the first Deadpool movie. Yeah. That was a very straightforward film but the way they intercut it, it with the flashbacks the origin and all of that it made it seem bigger than it actually was that like there was more going yeah. on just because of how it was put together and with What's this it? you've got the mystery of the hide the mm. identity who's controlling the hide is gomez a killer what happened when he was so at many school? plot ends loose ends to tie yes. up so mm. there's enough going on it's a busy show. Like there's always yeah. something going on. Like there's a whole thing with Enid. Like she yeah. is trying to come out to her parents. Like she's mm. not able to wolf out. I mean, it's obvious that they're just talking about werewolves here. And yeah, mom's very vocal, but quietly to one side. Dad yeah. supports her. He's proud supported, of her. Quiet. Yeah. That was cool. So that was an interesting yeah. metaphor. Yeah. Exactly. There is a lot going on. It's like X-Men. It's not really about yeah. superpowers. That's what you see. But it was a, really, yeah, it was, it's got a lot more to say. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was a social commentary. It was about civil rights. Yeah, you're right. But you're right. I, I think dense is the word to describe the, the show. Not dense as in duh. But, you know, dense as in, like, uh, it's, it's viewing, you know, it's dense viewing. Well, on There's that note, if you're going to rate Wednesday... Season one out of five. You know my, you know me, and you know my penchant for giving fives. Um, and I'm tempted; I want to, but there's things here that stop me, and, I, and I'm going to stop short of a five. I'm, I'm coming in at four, and I'll tell you why. It's not because I don't love the show. Of course I do. Um, it's a few factors. Like we mentioned feeling a bit robbed and cheated of, you know, like Burton and Elfman's involvement. We thought was going to be a little more, and it's, it's, it's not. So that's there's an element right there that, that drops the score for me, and also just um, um, the the dynamic for the for me for the family was a bit off in the early episodes, and that might change in seasons to come. They might really feel more like the Adams family, but they didn't for me here. And I get it again. It's show about Wednesday, not the Adams family. So we're exploring Wednesday's adulthood here, um, aside from the family. So I mean. I liked it. There were things, of course, there were things to like, but there were things to not like too. And I've just listed a few of them. So for me, 
I'm coming in at about four. That's still pretty respectable. It's still pretty good. Um, big fan of the franchise, as you know. I'm keen to see where it goes in season two. I hope it doesn't disappoint me. It, it, this season didn't disappoint me. It, it lived up to expectations. It was good. It just could have been a few little things that would have made it just a little bit better for me. That's all. I did enjoy it. There were those moments where I felt like I was watching a kid show. I mean, you did get gore, violence. So it wasn't like a kid kid show. I keep saying kid show, a teen show. Like it felt like a show for for teenagers, which it probably is, to be fair. I mean, you and I both found things to like about it. Mm. All the Tim Burton influences I loved. Like the... The look of the hide, it does look at times a bit naff, but tonally it kind of does fit the show, but it doesn't like, but I don't mean it as it looks bad. It just looks, the it looks like the kind of thing that we'd have got in Beetlejuice, which is a movie that yeah, I, I love. But That's fair. It looks like you're seeing a puppet. It looks like you're seeing like stop motion. And that's what we get, get Beetlejuice. And we got a bit of it here, like when you're seeing the hide. And again, mm. it looks like a Tim Burton drawing. I loved all of that. So yes, I don't mean that as a slight. But sure. like you, I'm gonna come in at a four out of five. Do I like this show? I do. Would I recommend it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um that's... did did the twists and turns keep me guessing? No. No, mm. <laughs> it really didn't. Um, but, you know, you and I, we've seen a lot of TV film. like yeah. So we've seen a lot of these tricks before, but maybe a younger audience, they're more mm. surprised about what they're yeah. seeing and how it unfolds. So we, should, we need to stress, we're not bagging the show in any, in any way, shape or form. No, we've just you know? given it four out of five. That, yeah. Is, yeah, a, so that is a high score. Love it. it's, pure, it's pure burden. Right, um, it is a point away from a perfect score. So I think yeah. giving it four out of five That's pretty good. is a very, very good score. And I'll, I'll a very good score even, and I'll stand by that four. Well, that's it for our episode, all about Wednesday season one. If you want to contact us about this episode or request a topic for an upcoming show, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. Nathan, thanks for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure, never a chore. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.